Right, Welcome start. back to another episode of The Ground Floor. Um, today, we're joined by Charlie Mullins, one of the most recognizable entrepreneurs in the UK. At the age of 27, he started Pimlico Plumbers, which became the largest independently owned plumbing company in, uh, in the UK. And today, he's kindly sitting down with us to talk us through his, uh, through his journey. So, Charlie, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, James. It's yeah, uh, great to be here. And, and uh, Ollie, yeah, thanks, thanks for inviting me along. Thanks hey, for coming. Pleasure. Um, so as we, as we were talking off camera, the, the purpose of this podcast is really to talk about the, the, I suppose, the steps taken from inception all the way through to actually starting Pemnico Plumbers, in your case, for example, um, and the steps you took to actually start that. But before we go into that, do you mind just giving us a bit of a background to yourself prior to Pemnico Plumbers and what you were, what you were doing? Yeah, um, Okay, so my name is Charlie Mullins, <coughs> um, founder of Pimlico Plumbers, and, and I started off as an apprentice um, when I was 15, left school at 15, immediately done an apprenticeship, <coughs> and when I finished the apprenticeship, four years, uh, at 19, I became self-employed as a plumber, um, and then <coughs> um, for several years, I was just self-employed, and I found myself in the Pimlico area, <coughs> and then... Um, set up Pimlico Plumbers. So, but prior, prior to that, um, you know, I'd, I'd only ever done an apprenticeship in plumbing, so that's all I ever know about is plumbing. And probably slightly younger years, I, I used to bunk off school quite a bit and help a local plumber. And, um, you know, this, this guy, Bill Ellis, you know, he had a motorbike, a car, nice house, clothes, loads of money, all of this. And, and the sort of seeds were sown then, and, and I'm a great believer that you know, that's what does happen. And, and the earlier the seeds are sown, mm. uh, the better. Because, you know, I always say, like Bill Ellis, he could have been a bank robber and I would have been a bank robber. Yeah. Yeah. Just that moment, uh, it impressed me. And um, and then, you know, that, that set me up. I, all I ever wanted to be was whatever Bill was. Mm. And I often say to people that, you know, there's nothing wrong with see someone with a great car, whether it's a footballer or someone's got a lovely house or nice this, nice suit. Um, and if that inspires you, there's nothing wrong with that. We all need inspiration. Absolutely. Um, and, and to me, that was my inspiration. I, I come from a poor background, a poor family, very working class. Um, mother was a cleaner and a barmaid. Father worked in a factory. So money was pretty tight. Yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, I used to do many little jobs as a, as a youngster, um, like, like most people do. And I think that's all sort of give me the work ethics and then, you know, I've seen this guy who's a plumber and he, you know, he, he was like a film star kind of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> it's important to have a mentor. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. We all learn off of somebody. And, um, you know, that, that there's nothing necessarily new in business. It's about how you, how you grab hold of it and how you make the most of it. <clears throat> and, you know, there's never going to be a, a magic formula to business. Business is a long-term project. But the starting point is having that sort of idea in your mind, yeah. you know, whether it be, you know, I could see Bill and all I ever wanted to be was a plumber. Yeah. You know, I could see myself on this motorbike, car, nice house. And I thought to myself, so I've got to do the plumbing to do that. Yeah. Um, it obviously expands from there because then I think you start seeing other things. Mm. You know, you could arguably say that, you know, we started working in the, the very influential areas in Chelsea and Kensington. Yeah. And I'm seeing these lovely houses and lovely furniture and cars and lifestyle and again i'm thinking oh i want some yeah, taste of that so yeah. you know you've got to be realistic and, and but we don't really know what realistic is because you know did i set out to you know have the biggest independent plumbing company in the uk turn over 50 mil 
£250 on the road, going for 41 years and recently sold it for 140 odd million. Could I see that at the end of it? The answer is no. Mm. But, you know, my ambition was to be a successful plumber. But that's the case for a lot of people that start successful businesses. They, when they actually start it, they have no idea how big it could, it could potentially be. And when they're at the end of that journey, if someone says, did you ever envisage yourself being here? A lot of the times the answer is no. Oh, you, you just can't. I mean, yeah, it's, like, it's too big. It is. You know, I, I, I sort of say now, you know, if I wrote all this down, it, it would have been a crazy thing to write yeah. down. How can you sell a plumbing company for 147 million mm. yeah. and still retain 10%? And, you know, how can you earn millions over the years? And how can I become the most recognised plumber in the world kind of thing. Yeah, hell of a brand. Yeah, hell of a brand. Is, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but we don't know what's out there, but what, what we do know is you've got to have an idea, you've got to have an ambition, you've mm. got to have, um, whether you call it a dream or a fantasy, whatever you want, If just see yourself where, what you feel you'd want to get involved in. And I realise that if you have actually pick a job that you enjoy, then you've got a lot better chance, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, I know a lot of people want to be footballers and reality stars and, and sportsmen in general, but it's not quite realistic, if yeah. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But being a plumber, being a... Much more accessible. Yeah, in other words, that's the real world. Yeah. Um, and you just need to be... Um, you just need to have some form of mentor in front of you. How, in terms of... Um, you said you were an apprentice, obviously, at the beginning. How did you go from, sort of, if we go right back to the beginning, how did you go from being an apprentice to then branching out on your own? And also, how did you know that you were ready to do that? Okay. Well, again, you know, I, I think I've always been pretty driven. Mm. I mean, I've, I've been involved in sport as, as a youngster, like in boxing. And, you know, you've got to be driven. You've got to have ambition to be a boxer, you know, or like any sport. Mm. And, and I think a lot of my uh, determination comes from that. You know, the fact that, you know, it's either kill or be killed kind of thing, or you don't get nothing for coming second in boxing kind of thing. Yeah. So my my thoughts always was you've got to reach the top, you've got to do it the right way. You, you've got you've got to succeed in, in things. Um, and, and you know, as soon as I finished my apprenticeship, I actually left the day my apprenticeship finished. Uh, that was me done with the company, and that's quite a bold move when I think back on it. But I was already doing private work and okay. setting up a customer base, mm. and I'm not saying that's anything clever. I'm just saying is that's what Bill done, and Bill used to go around doing all the influential houses and make lots of money. So you know, I'd already got my sort of plan set out, yeah. and you know, I started that as 19, and then you know, was self-employed. And you say, you say, when is the right time? Um, the right time is when you're ready, mm. but you know you don't wait for it to rain or wait for a recession or wait yeah. for Christmas or that. You you do it when when you're ready, mm. and the best time to do it is is as soon as possible. Yeah. Because you know it's going to go wrong. It ain't always going to go right, and you've got to take the the downsides to get back there. So the quicker you get on with it, the better. Um, but you've got to be realistic. But, you know, I, I was only setting out to be a plumber. I'd got my qualifications as a plumber. So, you know, I'm halfway there kind yeah. of thing. You know, yeah. I know what I'm doing. And then, you know, over the years, it, it just changed and developed and it developed and developed. And uh, so so I would say to anybody, if you're going to do it, do it. But just just have an idea of where you're heading for kind of thing. Um, you mentioned, just to cut in, you mentioned briefly there that you already had uh, a little bit of a client base and you were doing some customer work already. So again, for someone starting out, maybe they want to be a plumber or maybe something similar. That first client, I think that's always the question people have. They're always like, yeah, but how do you go from just, I'm going to do this yeah. thing to then genuinely doing it? 
Yeah, look, you are right there, but but again, I think when you're when you're sort of starting anything off, you know, you're normally very keen and and you're you're sort of producing something that people want. And I learned in life, people always pay for quality. Mm. You know, there's a market out there for quality all day long. So whether it's plumbing, making suits, selling bottles of water, mm. serving up food, hotel, people will always pay for quality. So if you've got a quality product that you put together, there's a marketplace for it. And did you sort of start off word of mouth or to get that sort of first few people under the belt that yeah. sort of knew who you were? I, I, say, yeah, I, I say, yeah, it's word about nothing in business has changed. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. always been recommendations or little sign in a sweet shop or something yeah. in the newspaper. Mm. Um, you know, signage on a van. And then you just learn from there. You know, you think at the moment, nobody don't know you. And then fairly soon you've got people ringing you up. Oh, you do this, you supply that. So, And that's where the quality comes in, right? Because it's yeah. like, oh, you did a great job on my friend's bathroom. Well, do you mind look, doing mine? Word of mouth is, is always the best, but you can't rely on word of mouth. You know what I mean? There's, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no better way of advertising now and cheaper than social media. Sure. Yeah. You can say what you want, do what you want. Yeah. Um, and, and I very quickly got into to sort of PR, and I realised by by connecting with PR, it, that made the difference of us as being the most recognisable plumbing company in the world. Mm. When when I it was first toying with a thought, shall I get PR, shan't I? And and people, you know, you say to me, you know, why are you doing this PR? Why this? Why that? Well, you know, again, I learned, you know, through the years from from my market manager. He said it's called recognition. You need to get recognised. Said you can be the best company best plumber, best products in the world, but if nobody don't know about it, mm. it's pointless. Yeah, that's really interesting because I think brand identity is obviously such a huge part of Pimlico Plumbers. I mean, if I ask anyone I know from any background or any age, name a plumbing company that's not Pimlico Plumbers, they'll come mm. up with nothing. But everyone knows Pimlico. It's the Nike, it's the Apple of, of plumbing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, it went tremendously well. But, you know, I'm starting off, haven't got a clue about PR. Someone mentioned it to me. Yeah. and said, who does your PR? And I'm saying, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I so say you've got to have PR in you. Yeah. And people often, the questions ask me all the time, you know, how good is PR? It's priceless. Yeah. yeah. Um, can I afford PR? Can you afford not to? Yeah. I mean, I don't know successful companies that don't use PR. And as a starting off base, you do your own PR. Yeah. You know, you do your own social media. And, you know, as you move on in time, you, you, if you're going to employ a professional at it, then you cracked it. Mm. You know so I mean? when... Sorry, sorry to interrupt. So, so, so when you first started out then and you were venturing out on your own, how did you set yourself apart? You've sort of touched on a few points there, but how did you actually set Pimlico Plumbers apart okay, from the competition? Well, I had this sort of idea. Um, the plumbing industry has got quite bad stigma about, you know, turning up late, mm -hmm. arse hanging out their trousers, not transparent, never finishing a job, never coming back, not cleaning away the rubbish. So I would say to anyone, keeping it simple, come up with a list of, say, 20 things that are bad in the business you're going in. And there's always things that are bad. You know, you, it may be that you're a shop and, and the bread's not, you know, bread's often not fresh, so you make sure you have fresh bread. So I just come up with a list of things that are bad in the industry, and I've done the opposite. You know, plumbers turning up late, turn up on time. Scruffy, in a uniform. Not transparent, transparent. Mm. Just reverse it, and, you know, the, the, more, the more you can find wrong with your industry, and if you, op if you operate the opposite to that, but the right way, then you're already going to be in front of the others. So things like that that you mentioned, because I think that's really interesting. So obviously, as you said, that's a stereotype of what the industry was at the time. And I think in many ways it still is in some, in a lot yeah, of places. Yeah. 
what did you do to make that separation sort of to close that gap? Like, how did you stop people from sort of not turning up on time or like not doing the right job or not being transparent? How did you enforce yeah. that? Because okay. otherwise, because devil's advocate would say, well, if everyone could fix that problem, they would have fixed it. What, what did you do differently? Okay, well, I I I done it myself. Sure. I you know I made sure I looked smart, yeah. proper new van, all the bits that I said, mm. and then anybody we employed, we come up, um, I come up with an idea called the Pimlico Bible, and it's a rules and rules and regulations, do's and don'ts. So I put everything in that book, like a pamphlet thing on A4 size, laminated. You know, this is their dress code. This is the hours yeah. we work. This is how we conduct ourselves at a job. Um, you know, this this is how, how, how you dress. This is the hairstyle we allow and we don't allow. You know, it was very fussy yeah. uh, what we allowed. You know, we, uh, we didn't have ponytails, earrings, facial tattoos. Um, you had to be really smart and tidy. You had to be able to speak good English. Um, you had to have uh, a good mannerism. Yeah. Um, and, and be ass trained. So, you know, you put all your do's and don'ts down and then you just comply with it. Not as simple as that, but, you know, got a man after 40 years of going, you know, we, we got it right kind of thing. You know, yeah. everybody knew how you dress, how you, you know, how you behave, what you don't do, you know. And if they went off of that, it's easy to say, look, look, by the way, you come in in shorts today. Uh, if you look on page 10, that's a no-go. But they would never get to the stage of coming yeah. in on shorts because the people that you take on, they're already looking at this book as you're employing them. And they either go with it or they don't. You know, I had people look at the Pimlico Bible and go, this is not for me. It's like the army. And yeah. I say, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like the army. But it's know? much better that way. Right? <laughs> exactly, like, yeah. The last look, thing you want to do is hire the wrong person. Yeah, it's a bit like you're all singing from, from the same song sheet, you yeah. know, or you're all drinking from the same teapot. It, and, you know, it's also important that you set your rules and regs up and then you comply with it. And, and you've got to make sure that you're running the show. Yeah. You must never allow someone else to run the show. You know, you, you, you stick by it. You know, I used to have guys say to me, oh, I'm, I'm having my hair as a ponytail. Okay, you come in tomorrow, you're gone. Yeah. I'll take you to a tribune. Do what you want. I couldn't give a fuck yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. You know, in other words, you know, you've got to be in control of it. And, and look, the end result is they lose a lovely job. And you get someone else to do the job, yeah. you know. Um, and another good thing, I think that you know, I, I, so I'm up and running. I've got Pimlico going. We've got rules and regs. We're starting to bring the work in. Things great, and all of a sudden it's like a brush of fresh air to the industry. Mm. But I, I believe you can do that with anything you do, whether mm. it be, you know, making them tables or making these mics or you know, providing you know a, a consultation for you know holidays or whatever you want to do. In other words. I learned people will always pay for quality. Yeah. And, and you know, I used to always often say that everyone raving about Pimlico, you're this, you're that, that. And if I'm simplifying it, it weren't that we were so good, it was some of the rest were so bad. Yeah. Mm. And, and that's, don't get me wrong, there's lots of good tradesmen out there now and lots of things have changed. But, you know, a lot of people's attitude is, oh, I'll turn up at 10. Oh, yeah. I'll go down the cab. Oh, uh, I won't tell her how much. Things have moved on and... and you know, you 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 you'll never you will never be out of work if you do it the right way. Yeah, and I think times have changed a little bit now because there's just so much more competition in every single yeah. sector. And people have upped their game. And people have upped you know, their game. Uh, and people won't put up with all the nonsense no more. Mm. Um, and people respect that. You know, and, and and you know, if you if you if you tick all the boxes, people will pay that money for it. And it's important that you get your prices right because, you know. 
anybody that used to want to compete with Pimlico, they actually be charging Pimlico money. If not, you couldn't compete with us because, you know, the top guys we had on board, we had to pay good money plus bonuses and good yeah. incentives. And, you know, if somebody start up a company, say they're 20 quid cheaper than Pimlico, can they provide the same service as Pimlico? Mm. The answer is no. As you said, people will pay for quality. People will always pay for quality. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned, um, obviously, once you're expanding, you're hiring guys and you've got all these rules and regs. But if you take it back a step, so it's just you on your own. Again, let's think of like maybe someone out there as a tradesman or a plumber specifically. And they're thinking, right, well, I'm, I'm doing quite well by myself, but I kind of want, want to branch out and start a team and, and sort of do what you did. Yeah. How do you go from being a one man band to getting your first guy on board? Yeah, um, really, it's as simple as that. You know, you take one on at a time, you know, um, and, and, you know, another business tip I'd say to anybody, if you want to grow your business, if you want to expand your business, if you want to have a decent business, you've got to employ people. There's no shortcuts to that. And, you know, it's a double-sided uh, sword on this one because the worst thing in business is employing people. But it's also the best. Mm. You know, the downside is if it goes wrong and HR and all this nonsense and people don't turn up, do turn up, obviously eventually you get the right people. Mm. But the worst thing in business is employing them. Uh, but it's also the best because as soon as you've got that right, mm. your business will grow. You know, I, I don't know of any business, I'm sure there's an odd one or two, but most businesses expand and make money by employing people. Yeah. You know, it's not, no, you know, this one man band business, that's not really business. Yeah. And, you know, I started off employing one person. You know, I employed a carpenter to drive me around, help me while I was working, then another person, then, um, you know, a part time lady in, in the office. You know, they're, they're all like stepping stones mm. and they're all things that are obvious, you know, or you may know, oh, you know, your friend's not at work, he can do, yeah. help you out a bit. Yeah. Important to start employing people, whether it be part-time, full-time. The more you employ, the bigger your business. And just on that point, when did you know it was the right time to start employing people? That's what I was about to say, yeah. That the nitty-gritty of it, were you okay, earning a well, certain look, amount or? Yeah, well, look, like most people, you get to the stage that there's not enough hours in the day. Mm. And you can't get everywhere. And I speak to tradesmen all the time. And the question is, I'm running around like a blue-ass fly and I'm estimating at night. A wife never sees me. That's telling you. It's telling you the obvious. Yeah. Time to grow. Yeah. In other words, everybody, you know, it will just hit you. It's obvious. I mean, people always say to me, how do you go from employing, how do you get to six people? And, and then they come up with the same thing and say, look, I don't really want to employ people. I don't want to get an office. Uh, I don't want to buy more vans. I'm comfortable at the moment, but I've got too much work. Well, you, you, you've got a choice. Yeah. You know, carry on as you are or employ people. There's, mm. there's no way around it. There's no, you know, it's, and it, it starts off as a dreadful thing, but then I learned in, in life that there's lots of good workers out there, lots of good people that are happy to jump on board with you, earn a good living. You know, then not everyone's a leader. And, and some of these people that come on board, if you look after them, I mean, I've had people work for me 40 years, 35 mm -hmm. years. It's just unknown in, in, the, in the sort of construction or plumbing industry. So mm. you, you, the, the, you, you, your mind will tell you you need to employ people. But always remember, you can only earn one man's wages. You can only do one man's work. True. So you understand what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. by having two of us all of a sudden, two lots coming in. So... It, Business is a lot simpler than what we, what we think. We complicate it. 
you know, and at the end of the day, is it that hard to employ somebody? The answer's no. Yeah, you know, plenty of talent out there. Yeah, well, there's, there's some great people, and 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 you know, you're not the only one that you know you, you know. In other words, these people bring something to the table. You know mm. what I mean? And then you learn something. They come in and go, oh, you know, I like the way he styles himself. I like the way he dresses. Or I like the way you know she conducted herself. And and I'll go back to this thing. We all learn from somebody, and there ain't nothing new in business out there. You know, the social media, etc. Dress it all up what you want, but if you look at it, what the Pimlico do, we provide a service. We turn up on time, we've done a correct job, and we collect your payment. And and I, and I would think that's what you want to do with any business. This is the product you've got. You got this is you're selling it or you're marketing it or you're or or, or you're providing that. You do it the right way, and that's it. It's done. Yeah. You know, I know I'm simplifying it because, yeah, it's turned out brilliant for me. But I didn't realise all this at the time. Do you think that, because um, I know that there's a there's a thing where, especially with a lot of tradespeople, there's a sort of pride to being self-employed as well. There's a, there's a sort of big culture around being self-employed. Did you find it was hard to convince people to want to work for a company? And, well, instead of to themselves? be honest, um, all their, all their internal staff was PAYE, and that's fairly standard. But all their, all their tradesmen were self-employed, and we managed to keep them on a self-employed basis. And to be honest, the only difference with self-employed and PAYE is how you pay your tax, sure. basically. Yeah. You know, um, if you can get a self-employed person on board with you permanently, um, you know, are, are, they're a bit more driven than the normal yeah. PAYE. So that's what you get in course. If you're paying the right money, you'll get the right people. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll just chuck this out there. Your business is as good as the people that work for you. It's a, it's a bit corny, and you hear it a million times. Oh, it's true. But it's a fact. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah, a fact. Absolutely true. It's, it's, you know, when you get good people, you know, um, and presentable people and smart people, yeah. you use the same words for your business. We're a good company. We're smart. Yeah. We're on time. If you've got them people with you, that's the image you give. And, and look, it goes for saying, if you, if you had a scruffy plumber, you get a scruffy job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. You've got a plumber turning up late that works for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it yeah. goes through. But if you've got, you know, presentation in business is, I'd say, one of the top 10 things. It's first impressions, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and often you think, well, they're not really seeing me, these people, or they, you know, you know, but they are seeing you. You know, they they can feel where you're talking. They can, they can sort of, you know, when you're sending out your your emails and that, it, you know, quality will always show through. Mm. You know, there's no two ways about that. And 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 you know, again, if you you know, I learned also in plumbing. I mean, plumbers are great liars. You know what I mean? Mm. Fuck me, can they lie? <laughs> you know, oh, I broke my arm. The van, yeah, 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 yeah. Cat was six. It's the fucking postman's yeah, birthday. All, yeah. My granny died hundred years ago. Postman's birthday. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, but what I learned to do is tell the truth. Yeah. And customers respect that. So we wouldn't we wouldn't get onto a customer and say our plumber's van's broke down. That's the worst excuse you can use. What we would say is, I'm afraid to say he's overdone it, or yeah. I'm afraid to say um, we double booked him. It's it's always important to be honest. Mm. And people respect that. Exactly. You know, but. Look, when I first started off in it, the, the lots of customers would ring and say, uh, plumber ain't turned up. So I'd say, oh, has he broke his arm or is it his broken van? They're going, yeah, do you know that he's broke his arm? Well, there's a shock, isn't it? Yeah. So what he's telling her is, I'm not earning enough off of you. I can get more elsewhere yeah. and I'm a messer. Yeah. And then you've got the van one and she goes, yeah, you know, he's having trouble with his van. Okay, so 
so that so that means he still wants the job, but he's going to mess you around. And then she'd come back to you a couple of weeks' time and say, oh, you know what, his band's broke down. I go, you know, a load of bollocks is, you yeah, know, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't work like that these days. So it's important to be honest with people. So yeah. interesting hearing, like, the inside... Link, yeah, yeah, of like course. knowing that when yeah, someone yeah. says their vans, because I've had that before. So I was like, oh, yeah, well, sorry. It's, I mean, class, yeah, it's just a classic excuse, isn't business it? Business is using excuse now, uh, held up at customs, EU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Load of bollocks. Yeah, yeah. Load yeah. of bollocks, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, basically, the, the, the people you place the order with have not got their act together. I mean, people are, are still using excuse about the COVID now. Yeah. But, but yeah. it seems more acceptable. But mm. if you was honest with somebody, I mean, you know, I'm waiting for a piano to be delivered. And first of all, it's October. And they said October to get the deal. And then they beat everyone else. Yeah. Then it's gone to November. And now, and, and I was expecting that. The, the guy rang me the other day said, oh, I've got an email. It's been delayed to November. I said, I could have told them that in October. Because mm. they was uncertain. Oh, yeah, yeah. we get it. Now November. Then it moves to December. And then it's, do you know what? Christmas has come. It's next year. Well, there's a shock. Yeah, yeah. It comes every year. And people use it as an excuse. But I'm just saying is, I've, I've come away from what we're talking about, but it, just be honest in business. Do, do it the right way and be honest in it and a quality service and employ people mm. and be brave. I know there's a lot to take on. No, no, it's great stuff. Yeah, and keep yeah. it simple. Just yeah. keep it simple. You know, I mean, and when if we had any business offered Pimlico and they complicate it, I used to say, no, leave it. They go, we've got to have a meeting. No, we don't have meetings. You know, yeah. we come, we look simple. We turn up, we do the job, pay us the money. Yeah. Someone's got a product, I'll provide you the product, I'll send it, pay the money. You, the art of it is keeping simple. And yeah. too many people, um, you know, they, they waste so much time in business. Oh, yeah, just in, in business as well, but also when you're working for someone else, if you're working for, for a company, yeah. I mean, yeah. the amount of time you spend in meetings for meetings. So much faff. It's so much. Look, like, I, I, my pet I, is is meetings. Yeah. Right? I've never done them, never will do them. And and what a good thing that's be because yeah. if you're paying people, they sit around all day for three hours and then they still can't make a decision. Mm. I learned to to make decisions, and you know most decisions in life are yes or no. And you ask me any question, and within sixty seconds, it's going to be yes or no from me. That's interesting, actually. So on that point, did you ever have anybody that you could go to at Pimlico Plumbers to reassure yourself that you were making the right decision, or were you always just confident that? Well, I think I was confident, but eventually, when you when you start moving on a bit, you start employing good people like um, quality control manager or a marketing manager, and and I learned to sort of delegate in business, which is quite hard because you think you're the only one can do it, and then I've got a, an an account manager, I've got a canteen manager, I've got a, um, a stock manager, I've got a, a, a transport manager, and I learned to put someone in charge of every department. And believe me, they know more about that department than you. Mm. So I might ring up transport and say, uh, this, this, that, and it's all about that. I'm not a problem. I've got it sorted. We're on it. You know, fucking hell. You know, you know. so you learn to delegate in business. And I'm a great believer of putting someone in charge of every department because they're accountable for it. And, and you haven't even got to oversee it. You know what I mean? It's a bit like, well, it's my department. You know, yeah. like a canteen, you know. I think we had... Three to four people were in their canteen. I made um, Ian the canteen manager. And it was like, you know, it was all run like very precise and military. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't want to worry about we got no bread or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. food weren't good. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember who said it. Um, it might have been Steve Jobs, but I don't want to quote on that because I'm not sure. But someone said how 
when you hire people, the whole point is you're hiring them because they're good at what they do. If you're going to hire them and then micromanage every step of what they do, it defeats the point. You're hiring them to relieve yourself of the stress. So if you trust them in the job, uh, let them do it. it. You know, when I started hiring people like in manager, they'd come up to me, can I run this past you, Charlie? i say, well, I'd rather you don't. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it's a, you know. I mean, if you're gonna run it past me, you know. It, it, I love that approach. Can I, I'd rather you didn't, to be honest, mate. That's it's a bit. Sounds like a bit. Yeah, sounds like a bit of a ball ache. I'm honest. Like, it's a bit like. Yeah. You know, it's a basic thing. And you say, well, look, what I was going to do today, and I go, look, you ain't even got to tell me. Just make it happen. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, and that's of course, if it's a big thing, you go let's go to someone. Um, you know, can we just talk about it? Yeah, of course. But basic stuff, you know, that's your job. That's what you're good at. Another thing I learned in business, don't put square pegs in round holes. You know, when I first started off, I might employ um, a telephonist taking the calls, and all of a sudden they're, they're no good, and I move them into helping accounts or helping recruitment. Yeah. And I realised then, square pegs in round holes don't go. Because mm. you, you feel sorry for that person. You think, look, there's something about this person, they're good, but they're no good on the phone. And then you think, I'll give them a try in accounts, and you think... You know, not really. They're a bit slow on that. So you find out what the person's good at, and you put them in that role. Mm. In terms of um, in terms of expansion of of hiring, um, obviously you had countless employees by the end of it. A really huge operation. In that kind of situation, how do you sort of how do you maintain people sort of making sure that they stay with you? Because obviously, for, as you said, you had some people that stayed with you for four years. Yeah. Money and incentives, obviously, part of it. Is That's there the anything biggest else? incentive there is? Is there anything else other than other yeah, than money that course, sort of yeah. keeps them with Look, you? You start off with money, and, and it's all very well. These people say, "I oh, don't come here for money and all that," but believe me, it's a job. Yeah, they want. Yeah, yeah. you know, money is is, uh, I'm going to say, the most important thing why people go at work. All that shit they come mm. up with, my wife earns this, I don't need to do this. I've earned it a million times. You know, if you didn't need to go to work, you wouldn't go. So refreshing to hear. Um, so true. And, 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 and then you give them incentives. You know, so good money to start. Then, like, sub, this is what we used to do. Subsidized canteen, a gym in, in the building. Massage lady used to do, like, head and back massage. Um, we used to have a roof garden, a barbecue's up there. Uh... Christmas party, boat party, celebration things. And, and the best one I think we come up with over, the, over the, all the years, we used to do um, um, an employer, employer of the month. Okay. And they'd get a £200 voucher to go to Langham's restaurant at the time. That was a great restaurant. It was such well, a shame that shut down. And yeah. 200 quid. Now, we used to do that 40 times a month. We'd have the best apprentice, the smartest <sighs> engineer. We'd have the... Uh, the one in the office has been the most helpful. We'd have, and we spread it all round. Like we'd have the, you know, the even as far as you know, it sounds silly, but we'd have, you know, smartest dressed in the office. Now everyone's yeah. got a uniform on, but some guys can, you know, some, flare it up. Yeah, some have got their shirt hanging out and yeah, like, yeah. tied back the front. You got another geezer, and you go, like, and, and if I walk around and people with suit, I'm going, "Oh, you look smart. You look smart." And you know, because they've got this incentive, mm. it's like. You know, everyone wants to win something, you know what I mean? It's healthy competition, isn't it, at the end of the day? Uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you another thing we used to do with our engineers, which is a great incentive. We had plumbing-related number plates, you know, bog, lav, uh, toilet, drain, bidet, boiler, leak, tap, WC. Mm. Mm. All of these number plates, I think we had about 180. Now, what we learned, that, that all our vans were the same, but... The better the engineer, we graded all their engineers on a board like like a, yeah. a big board with where they're on, and um, you know when you get up in the, in the top row, 
First of all, you get the newer van. Then you get a better number plate. You get bog one. Yeah, well, <laughs> you can imagine. Yeah. You see someone with bog one. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that around a couple of times. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Like that well, guy it means he's a top engineer. Yeah. You see another plumber saying, you know, leak, leak, leak two twenty-seven or yeah. something. Yeah. You know, he's down the bottom end. Yeah. So, and you've got this competition going on. You know, they go, oh, am I, where am I? Oh, you're in the top row, your middle row, and then all of a sudden, when a new van comes in. That goes. That new van will go back to the top row. Someone up there always new vans, and then you know, good number plate. You say to them, "Look, I've got twenty-four sevens. You want to call out?" You know, so it, it was a big, big incentive, and we grade all our plumbers like that, and all tradesmen. And then, you know, what you do then is, you know, it's fairly obvious. Say a tap washer comes in, or a new boiler, who's going to have what? You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, it's fairly yeah, yeah. Obvious. Boiler top man, tap washer bottom man. Yeah, yeah. Huh, now, yeah. nobody wants to go around doing tap washes all day, so they try and liven up a bit. Yeah, that's and, so interesting. You know, and, and of course, you know, new van, number plate, top row, good jobs, um, incentives. They're going to earn lots of dosh. And, yeah. and you've got happy people. Yeah. I think you, you mentioned something really, um, really quite sort of interesting there where you said, you know, you, you you really sort of pimped out the office. You had the gym and, and the massage people in the roof garden. What sort of time period did you start doing that before I asked the question or make the point? What sort so of, when did I... Bring yeah, when did you sort of start doing all of that sort of, you know, the gym and the roof garden, all that? Okay, well, look, we, we moved building from, <clears throat> in Lambeth, we had 3,000 square foot and we moved to 30,000 square foot, which was an um, amazing gamble. And that was in year 2000. And that was the difference of us being a reasonably sized plumbing company to big and great. See, what's so interesting about that is the reason I found that so so noteworthy is that a lot of the stuff now that we're seeing, A, young people and millennials in the workplace are wanting, um, and the stuff that the best companies are doing, which is generally being led by tech, is that they're, they're, they're focusing on employee well-being. And, you know, you look at people nowadays, they don't want to work, you know, people coming out of, you know, the best universities yeah. with the best degrees, they don't want to work at Goldman anymore. They want to yeah. work at Apple because Apple, they get, you know, nap pods, they get roof gardens, yeah, they yeah. get free food. Yeah. Yeah. And you were doing that 20 years ago. Yeah. And that, again, it shows like the same principles still apply. If you take yeah, care of your employees yeah. and treat them like people and yeah. see what would yeah. make what would make you feel better. You want a gym, yeah. you want a massage, oh, we'll get go. it for you. I mean, we have, so we, interesting. We've had gym, we used to have um, training classes, personal trainers. They could, okay, they pay for that privately, yeah. but they do gym classes, yoga, uh, other bits and pieces. Um, and, and we just had this great feeling. And, and you know, we, we had this amazing canteen, uh, subsidized canteen and you know it's like one of my best 10 top business tips to give someone get a canteen because first of all you know it, it does the obvious stop everyone clearing off going out the second mm. thing is you know if people are well fed and comfortable they you know they want to stay to work mm. yeah, yeah. and often you might get someone's not feeling too good take a break there or talk to someone you know what I mean? it's a big big thing and you know when i say to people now i'll give you a top 10 tip have a canteen. They yeah. look at me and go, how does that work then? Yeah. The knock-on effect is amazing. No, it's huge. It's culture, isn't it? Yeah, right? it's you're, amazing. You're, you're just building you know what culture, I mean? yeah. You know, and, and you know, it, it, it was one of the biggest pluses I've done. And, and like, like I say, the gym, I said to someone, and we introduced canteen from day one because it started off as a kettle and I understood the value of a cup of tea and, you know, people, you know, that they don't keep disappearing. And then, when we had this amazing canteen going on, you know, and, and he was really good chef, the guy, you know what I mean? And, mm, yeah. and another thing we used to do with the canteen was 
if we had a, uh, a record number day of, of taking, say we take our jobs each day, we take over 2,000 a week, and if, say, we took 400 on Tuesday, and that was a record for the Tuesday, we got all the printouts go back, then I used to give free, um, free lunch in the canteen for all the office staff. Mm. And, and that's amazing incentive. They're like, yeah, yeah. you know, and you can see what I'm getting at. It, you can imagine they're getting the jobs and going, hold up, like, we're at 10 jobs away, and we're, you know, and people, yeah. if you give them something for nothing and they feel they've earned it, mm. it's a great incentive. I mean, I could, you know, now, now I've come out of the business, I, I realise, you know, some of the things we was doing, how valuable they are. Mm. And, you know, people say to me all the time, if you had to start again, Charlie, do you think it'd be hard, it'd be easier? It'd be a piece of cake now because, again, you've got more people are, are giving you advice. Mm whether it be the Apprentice Programme, Dragon's Den, podcasters, um, many, many people uh, are giving advice. And, you know, to give out advice when you've done it, it stacks up. You know yeah. what I mean? In other words, you know, everything I'm saying is, is it worked for us. But don't get me wrong, there's been lots of bad things that didn't work. I mean, we yeah. nearly went bust twice. I was going to say, you've made, you've made the business sound very straightforward. Getting to where you are today sounds like quite a simple journey. I'm guessing, obviously, it wasn't. Oh, it's, it's so been what, a So, so what, what's been the, what have been the, the, the lows, the tough Well, the real, the real low points. was in late 89, 90. Recession was there. I just purchased a property, borrowed off the bank, quarter of a million pound. All of a sudden, there's a recession uh, in April. And, you know, we really was under the cost then. When you see two liquidators, got behind with everything. First liquidator said, how much do you owe? 300K, you might as well close up, start again. Second liquidator said, you're gonna lose your house, you might as well fight for it. And that's what we've done. And it was a million pound turnover then. That's great advice. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. important. I, I changed yeah. everything. You know, I changed the accountant, changed everything. Yeah. And, and we made a big change um, of making all our work payment on completion. We've done that in, say, 91, 92. Everybody said, it never work, it won't work, it won't work. When we nearly went bust, we had 80 grand owing us by you know, all the punters for the credit yeah. and all that. And you'd always find most people that go bust is because somebody owes them money. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It ain't because they've got it wrong. So we put payment on completion, changed things overnight, and we upped their game with who we employed. You know, in other words, you know, business is serious and... The quicker you get rid of the dead wood, mm. the quicker you get rid of people that are not sort of batting your side, the better. And, you know, in, in, in a way, I, I got to become quite ruthless at it because, you know, when you really go bust, it's like, you know, they don't care about you. Yeah. Um, so you, you learn to get a bit more ruthless with it. Um, but then, and it ain't a nice thing to get rid of people, but then, then you employ people that can do that. Mm. And, and, and that's it. I have to, you know, nobody likes sacking anybody. Don't care who you are. Mm. Um, but you've got to do it. You've got to, you know, if you want to be successful, you've, you've got to you've got to be prepared to, to put your head above the parapet wall. Do you have any tips when it comes to sacking people? Because I think that's the thing that a lot of people, no, well, no one likes conflict, right? Yeah. And okay. so, you know. Well, look, this day and age, you need proper HR. I mean, I, I think to myself now, if I started a company tomorrow, the, the, the two most departments I'd get right is recruitment, so that's bringing them in, and HR that's getting rid of them. If you get them two right, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bring them yeah. in, the right ones. If they don't stack up, these know how to deal with it. Um, there's, no, there's no tip in 
in getting rid of body, but I'll tell you a secret of, do you know when the best time to get rid of somebody? Hmm. When? You don't know? No. Okay. The best time to get rid of somebody is when you first think about it. Huh. So you start saying to yourself, you know, he's late. Um, no, I, can't put up with it. I know he's got troubles. That job was a bad one. I'm not sure about him. As soon as you think about it, get rid of them because it ain't going to change. Yeah. You know, and, and don't get me wrong. Look, if you've got 10 guys, nine of them won't change, one will. But as soon as you first think about it, yeah. you know, you know that you go, mm. you know what? I'm not sure about him. I, I don't, you know, I think I, I think I caught him like, you know, private computer the other day. I think he was late. I think he's getting a bit sloppy. You got to follow your gut. Trust your gut. Yeah. That's it. Look, there's there's no better there's no better person than your own instinct. Mm. You know, and, and and you know, you know, you know. That's what I mean. I think a lot of the time we all know deep down we you all do. know if it's we, yeah, but we avoid know. it. Yeah. yeah. You know, we avoid it. And I look, I've done it for years. I mean, it took me years to to learn it. And then all of a sudden, once I, once I, you know, I used to have a plumber and I think, it's getting leaked, oh, leaked, oh, you know, oh, you know, this is going to be a right round. And I say, look, look, we're going to have to park company, it's not working out. And, and you know, the screams and the rows were, were terrible. Mm. And then all of a sudden you learn the better way of doing it, you know what I mean? And, and then, you know, you pass it on to another department. I had a guy um, who used to get, get rid of the sack and a general manager, and he, he thrived on it, you know what I mean? I'd say to him, uh, like, you know, say for I'm saying someone ring me up at a business, my son run run the day to day for a long time in the call centre, and he's, he he might ring me and say, oh, you know, Jimmy so and so, he's been with us ten years, he really like, really like, you know, he he, sm- he smelled a drink the other day, or or mm. you know, not little things, but you know, and uh, I say he's got to go. That's me straight away. And Scott says to me, I know what you got to say. I said, Scott, that's it. Mm. Do you not mean? think that everyone deserves a second chance? Because that's what a lot of people say. Well, I think by the time you're already talking about him, they've already had a second chance. Okay. Mm. You know, it's not like he's turned yeah. up late. It's like, you know... like You know. You know. Yeah. Well, so, say for I'm saying someone would say to me, or quality control manager say, like, I've been round to there and the job went out, and, you know, he, he's getting a bit sloppy and he's that. And, you know, you, you give people an automation. What you say to them is, look, it needs to change. You've got to cut them all weeks to get it right. But... It doesn't often change. I've got to be honest. You um you mentioned your son there, and um one thing that was uh, that I was reading up on before before today was the fact that obviously you hired quite a few of your family members. I yeah, that I think is another really interesting topic, and I think it's quite a contentious one: hiring and or working with in any way family or friends. I've always been quite big on it, and I've always done it, and I feel quite strongly about it. I mean, James has been one of my best friends for the better part of sort of nearly two decades now. Um, but I know that a lot of people are like, well, you know, you work with family and friends and if it goes wrong, mm-hmm. then, you, then you lose not just a co-worker, but a friend. Yeah, and look, What's your thought on that? Because you've obviously done that quite prolifically and quite successfully. Yeah, I, I've had uh, two wives working there, not at the same time. Girlfriend, not at the same time. <laughs> uh, ten grandchildren, four children. Um, wow. You know, um, look, there's difficult times. On, it, there is difficult times, but if it works for you, it's fine. And, you know, I think without my family involved, we wouldn't be the company we were um, or are. And, you know, even though there's been some, some downsides to it, you know, often my son used to say, oh, one of the son-in-laws on the drive said, look, if he weren't family, we'd have to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and that is the case. And you, you stand for it a bit longer. Yeah. And, and, you know, because they think they can take liberties in that. But at the end of the day, if I went again, I would employ family all day long but having some form of understanding that they shouldn't really rely on the fact that of who they are. Yeah. Or, um, 
But, you know, it, 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 it's a big plus. And look, we run a family business, a personal service. So you imagine what I'm saying. The more family members yeah, I've got out sure. there saying to somebody, yeah. Have you ever um, had to have one of those uncomfortable conversations or even let someone go who was a family or a friend or yeah, anything? Yeah, and and how is how is that? Did it affect the relationship afterwards? Did they, did they, were they funny about it in the process? Because that's uh, quite an interesting thing. Yeah, well, you know, they... they they, they they do get funny about it, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they, but that's sort of, you know, that's how their life is kind of thing. I mean, I've had mates there years ago. They've been mates forever, and I've worked with them for years, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, I've got to, it's got to go. But you know what? Once they've gone, it's pretty much it's, it's done, mm. you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? I mean, look, let's be fair. Nobody likes sacking anybody, and we don't do it because we want to do it. We do it because they're forcing you. You know, but they put it back on to you and go, oh, I've worked for you for 20 years and you just fucked me off. Yeah, because you're taking the piss mm. yeah. on the thing. You know, mm. I'm not doing it because, you know, you're the best worker. I'm, you know, you're the guy that's turned up scruffy. You're the guy that smashed the van up. You're the guy that just brought the ceiling down. You're the guy that ain't coming in. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's not, look, I'm doing it all right here because I'm not sitting in front of these people. And that's why I say any business eventually get good recruitment and great HR. And I'll tell you yeah. what, if you've got that, you cracked it. Honestly, I'm telling you, you mm. cracked it because they're your biggest problems is employing people and getting rid of them. And I think I said earlier, what's the best thing in business is employing people. Yeah. And what's the hardest thing in business is... Um, getting rid of people. Yeah, it's getting rid of them. You know, in other words, it, it's a double-sided thing. Without employing people, you ain't going nowhere. Mm. You know, And I know like we... we we're trying to get a lot out there to somebody, and you, but go back on things is keep it simple. Go by your own instinct. Employ as many people as you can. Be as honest as you can. People will always pay for quality, and do it the right way. Yeah, and don't complicate it. Um, I uh, so I, I made a call before I came here today. Uh, so my uncle's actually a plumber, um, okay. and so I called him and I mentioned I was sitting down with you, and he was sort of like I said, I was like he's sort of like your Mick Jagger in a way, <laughs> and he uh, and he said, great. I said, look, if you had any questions, you know, would you have some? And, he, and he's given me a couple of questions. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So my uncle asked if you could start Pimlicoa over again. Is there anything you would change and why? That's the first question. Yeah. Um, so I've thought about this many times. I've been asked many times. There's quite a lot I would change. I would be. A lot more fussy who I um, recruit. I would get rid of them quicker, you know, when they, when they don't stack up. Because you learn, you know, as it goes on, the, when something's wrong, the quicker you get it out, like trust. She weren't right, she's gone. You with me? You can now move yeah, on. Yeah. That's the same with business. So I would recruit better people. I would pay more money, even more incentives. Uh, and I would get rid of people quicker. Mm. And I would... I would um, I would market so much more than before, you know. Marketing yeah. is uh, is is just you know that's where your work comes from. The marketing, do you know what I mean? And in this day and age, would that be just entirely doubling down on social media, or would there be anything else you might focus? Well, on? Everything. Where, look, you know, wherever you can get your name seen, um, it's called recognition. That's all you need. And if you get recognised for the right reason, all the better. So. It could be tea, wherever it is. It's just recognition, yeah. simple as that. You don't have to complicate. Yeah, you yeah. just go wherever it's a card. I mean, how many tradesmen you see driving around London with no sign written van? Mm. Yeah. And I look at them and I think, are you mad? Yeah. You the easiest a, form of advertising. It is, yeah. You the pay a taxi form. to put a sign on. You pay yeah. a bus. 
you're driving around thousands of people. You're, you're, it's, it's the, look, our vans on the road, 250 vans, they was their best advertising tool and they was their cheapest. Mm. You know, driving around 24 hours a day, this is what we do. Mm. Yeah, and, and you'll get people go, oh, I don't like to put that on. I don't, I'm thinking, you know, you shouldn't be a tradesman. Yeah. I don't think any yeah. tradesman should be allowed to drive in London without a sign written vehicle. And, you, you know, but, but it's like, it's nothing clever. Do you know what I mean? It's like the social media now. Everyone keeps saying, you've got to have this, got to have this, got to TikTok. Yeah, and they're right. You have got to have it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can hardly switch a computer on, but, I've got enough brains to pay someone that can do it every yeah, yeah. with it. That's what I'm saying. I've, I've had that same thing, which is I'm, I'm a comedian. And obviously TikTok's yeah. a really big part of that. Yeah. And, uh, and I've spoken to some people who are sort of a lot longer in the game than me, maybe a bit older, maybe, maybe haven't quite got where they wanted to get to by now. And I'll say things like, you know, I'm quite big on social media. And, um, and I'll say things like, um, you know, you need to focus on TikTok and do X, Y, Z. And they're like, oh, I don't do any of that stuff. That's for the kids. There I don't do go. that. And I'm like, yeah, but that's why everyone's going to pass you because you're not adapting. Yeah. Yeah. I do find that I do find that incredible to be honest. When you're in that sort of industry, especially entertainment, I, especially entertainment yeah. and creativity, yeah. and you don't have that social media account, that just doesn't yeah. make sense. And 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 it's free, and it? okay, you can employ someone to do it. I mean, you know, I say I'm not into the computer business, and and I hated them. I you know, and I was a bit like, oh, I'm not having this, not having that. You know, we had a great system. We used to write the job down, put it on the board, and yeah. that was it, kind of thing. Mm. And now it's progress on a computer, and I'm like, bloody hell, yeah, yeah. but. Yeah, yeah. but 20 jobs like that's okay. 2,000 a week ain't okay. Yeah. So to progress, you've got to move with the time. But sorry, that was one question you asked me. Yeah, so the second question he had um, was, what was your driving force when you originally went out on your own? Uh, it's a simple one. I think you could even work that one out. I don't mean it like that. It's the obvious yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I have to be honest. We kind of touched on it earlier. But yeah. 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 You know, whichever way I want to dress it up, you know, I, I come when you... When you've come from nothing and all of a sudden you see what other people have got, you think, well, I wouldn't mind that. And, you mm. know, that's the only way that I knew how to get it. I didn't realise by working hard you can get them things. Um, so, so my reason to to be a plumber was to get money yeah. to be like this Bill Ellis guy. Mm, and yeah. and that's why I say, that when I say to youngsters, there's nothing wrong with that. You, you see that footballer and he's got that... Ferrari and you want it, that's nothing wrong with that. It's not, you know, that's great. In other words, you know, it's better off that, you know, he ain't got a push bike and you want that, yeah. you know. And you know what? When, when we used to do like tours and charity things for, for groups and youngsters and apprentices and Princess Trust, this is gospel truth. We'd, we'd go round, show them, Bentley would be on show, mm. nice things, let them see the canteen, you know, let them see the gym. And then the same two questions are always the first questions this few years ago. Do you really earn a million pound? <laughs> and yes. Yeah. You know, and this was years ago. Yeah. Right? Do you really drive a Bentley? Yes. Yeah. And then they say, you know what, that's my dream car. Do you know what, I want to be a millionaire. And I say to them, but, you know, there's no saying you won't. It ain't, you know, I'm not going to, I don't do that. I've done it. Anyone can do it nonsense. I'm not into that. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, you've got an opportunity, you know what I mean? That, that's probably what I'm trying to say. Is, and, and, you know, you've got this opportunity. It's not beyond people. I mean, if somebody said to me years ago, like, well, look, when I, when I used to be an apprentice um, and I, or, or self-employed, I used to drive into work with a little old van, feet hanging out near the pedal and all that nonsense, freezing cold, and I'd see a, a guy in a Rolls Royce or Bentley, 
And I and I'd have someone in the band with me, and I go, "That'd be me one day." Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. I think and, we've all had that. Moment. Yeah, <laughs> we've all had that moment. To be honest, yeah. when and, look and at it. we say it tongue in cheek, but it's a fact. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, I, I was actually saying it as if to say, "Look, I'm not always going to be like that. That'd be me one day." But I didn't really believe it. If I'm being honest, I didn't believe it. But and and, and I probably a, a little a good answer to to uh, your uncle's uh, question about that is. In business, I would think bigger now. You know, I, I think big anyhow, but you've got to think a lot bigger. Mm. And, and I wish I would have done that. You know, when I first started off, I just wanted to, if I ever got to 20 members of staff, that was that was my goal set. Then I got to 20, then it was 50. 50 is 100. Mm. But why didn't I just come up with, I want 5,000? Mm. Yeah. You know, uh, it, like I came up eventually with, I'm going to turn over 100 mil. Yeah. And we stopped at 50 mil and we would have got to the 100 because we was going to start doing commercial. We were spreading out more. Mm. So I could have reached that dream. You know what I mean? Or not dream. I could have reached it. But when I said it, I didn't really believe it. But a lot of these things we 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 sort of think and say and then they, they do happen. Mm. You know, and, and I'll say to anybody, you know, look at somebody and see what they've got and, you know, if you want to have that, then do whatever you can to do it. And, and the best way to do it is is quality of service. And the, the one thing a lot of us leave out, is such an obvious thing, and it's corny again, but none of this comes without hard work. Yeah. And can I just say, I know I'm waffling, but now no, no, I'm like... Great. It was explained to me, like, um, you know, when you're trying to give business advice, and, and somebody said to me, and this is where I'll describe me giving business advice. It's like making a cake. So you put a bit of HR in, you put a bit more uniform in, a bit of recruitment, a bit more management, a bit of this, and you take a bit of this out, a bit of that. And you keep trying bits into the mix. And eventually, you'll get a good mix and you'll get a good cake. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that's, for me, the best way to describe running a business. You know, you're never going to start off getting it right mm. but just imagine you're mixing a cake and you think you know what I'm doing okay but maybe if I give it a bit more marketing you know and then that pays off you know what I mean or it might be oh maybe I'm not so good on the phone I'll get better people yeah. in you know and you keep adding to the mix and and you know you'll eventually get a, a good mix yeah. yeah and I think mm. that's a great way of you know because it's hard to say to somebody I mean the million dollar question is what's the magic trick what's the magic secret well the, the magic secret is there ain't one yeah there ain't one it's a bit of this bit of that yeah bit of this bit of that and you know like like when you cut the question you said what would i do again i would employ better people i would be more ruthless at getting rid of people i would be more think bigger um and i'd be better off more on incentives you know I, yeah. I, which I, is a big thing especially since it sounds like you were pretty big on them already. Yeah, yeah. well yeah. we I used to have, we used to have about 20 incentives a month going on. The gym, the this, free lunch. Yeah. If we if we have a record week, uh, free dinner. If we do this, we'll all go and have a drink. Hmm. And so there was always something going on. And, and, and you've got to get everyone involved. So I come up with like the best apprentice, you know, so that they're in. The best female under 20 or something. Um, you know, the best... The smartest plumber, kind of thing. The most helpfulest person yeah. within the office. Mm. And you know, sometimes Scott used to go, um, "Who do you think and all that?" I was like, 
honestly, it's got, I ain't got a clue, you know what I mean? He said, and I'll say, well, you know that, that girl Mary or something? I said, she was really, he went, you know what, yeah, she, you know, and you spread it out a little bit, you know what I mean? And they're all like, yeah. I mean, they're walking around like cats got the cream. Another thing we used to do in our office was the uniform we had, I think it's a great idea, where you show different colour shirts meant you were a different grade. So the normal worker in the office would have a white shirt, white blouse. And then the a manager, you'd put them a, is it a manager, like a manager or, or assistant manager, mm. would give them a striped shirt. Okay. And then the top manager, manager of that department, would have a royal blue shirt. Mm. So you've got these people walking about, and it's so distinct. And, you know, like I mean, when we used to give someone an upgrade of a shirt, well, it was like giving them a thousand pounds. Even listening to you say that, I was thinking, I want a blue shirt. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> even, and I don't even work for the company. Even as you were saying that, I was like, how can I get a blue shirt, yeah, though? Yeah. That's exactly it. And, that's and, so, and, that's so good. So, sometimes I bumped into a couple of people in the office, been around for years, and I go, I thought, you've hey, you not got a striped shirt yet? They go, no, no, I've been here quite a while. Leave it to me. I'll sort it. You know what I mean? Now, you can have as many assistant managers as you want. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... You put them in a shirt and, oh, my God. And then you're right. When you get the blue yeah, shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a simple idea. I have to be honest. I'll come up with it. But it ain't nothing clever if you think about it. Yeah, but it's letting them know their work is valued. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's making them yeah. feel valued as an employee. In a really, really simple way, but very effective, right? Very, I mean, yeah, very effective. the presentation of that. And, and yeah. you know what? The, the, the stripe or the... the the, the better the, the the blue shirt and that they they all of a sudden they up their image they're a bit more presentable yeah you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah yeah I mean look put it like this you don't get no scrappy bastard walking about in a blue shirt at work just, you know what I mean just tilt the mic tilt the mic a little yeah bit. just tilt the mic oh, sorry that's right I mean. um yeah so what I know as soon as they got the, the the shirt and when they got the blue shirt all the air was done yeah, better yeah. and yeah, a bit yeah. more punctual you know what I mean a yeah, bit yeah. more upright just yeah a bit and, more and I thought myself yeah. that's amazing you know what I mean amazing yeah how that works. Yeah, it is. Just, you, you touched on it earlier, actually, but I just want to go back to the point. My question is, you, you were talking about getting to the 50 million turnover and you didn't get to the 100 that you were thinking of as a goal initially. Why did you stop when you did? Okay. Everybody has a sell-by date. And, um, you know, I think to, for me to have carried on, it had been another five years of hard work. We would have probably gone national. We would have got the 100 mil. Uh, but, you know, you often hear that, that somebody builds a business up and then they get ill or they die. And I didn't want to be one of them people, if I'm being honest. Um, so the opportunity was, I mean, it's a big thing to sell your company. been there 41 years. Mm. Um, and again, I have to say money comes into it. You know, you got somebody talking 147 million. Um, it's an odd thing to turn down, yeah. you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I, I think it was sort of, the, the a great decision to do it. I think we would have carried on growing and it would have probably been worth more money. But, you know, I don't want to be the richest person in the graveyard. Um, mm. and, and, and I feel now, if I'm being honest, I, I love the idea that I can actually say, I started this company from one man in a van mm. and I sold this company and got out of it for this amount of money. And, you know, that's, that takes a lot of doing to you know, to complete both ends. You know what I mean? Mm, a lot definitely. of people start it, they get where they get and then it goes wrong or they sell it and they sell it like because they was ill or, or, or problems come in it. But to actually sort of start the job and finish it like that, yeah. I think it's, um, it's something I never thought I could do. You know what I mean? I knew I could start the business. I knew I could run the business. I knew we'd be successful. I, I 
I never see me yeah. coming out with the money. Mm. You know, my, my ambition was to leave it to my children and, you know, their take on it was, you know, you've worked all this time in it. We've all benefited from it. Um, you know, you've got to do what you want to do. But I, I was holding on to it for years thinking, oh, well, I can't get rid of it, yeah. kids, that. And, you know, when you look back on it, I, I just think that's... It's a bit like the icing on the cake, you know what I mean? You, you yeah. know, so... But, you know... I, if we were still there, we'd be growing, it'd be a great business, and it'd be worth more money. Uh, but I think everyone has a sell-by date. And how did you feel on the day that you got the money? Because I've heard a few different, if, if I actually watch podcasts of other founders, when they actually make the sale and they get the money in their bank account, yeah. a lot of the time it's quite anticlimactic. Yeah. Mm. Well, to be honest, I couldn't believe it. Because my lawyer's ringing me saying, look, it should happen tomorrow, Charlie. You know, and then it's Monday. And you don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, say 10 past nine on this day. You remember the day? Do you remember yeah, where you were? I think it's choose your wall, yeah. Yeah. And he rings me yeah. up and he says, the money's in your account, child. Woo! Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's it. Oi, oi. Yeah. He went like, Charlie, the money's in your account. And I went, right, they can't have it back then. Went, no, it's done. Yeah. Right, that's it. You know, and I'm like quiet. And I, I couldn't let on to many people. Because yeah. if it got out there, it shouldn't have got yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I, I mean, yeah, the money's in your account. Did you go on, like, your mobile banking app and just look at it to see the figure on there? Oh, I don't do all that mobile banking. Oh, that would be the first thing I'd that'd do. Be just, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, but what I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not very all that computing digital. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm very, I'm very black and white and I'm very common sense. Um, and... You know that that that's how I am kind of thing. I, you know, I, I I can't do all that mess about on computer. But believe me, like you know, I got misconduct by our top lawyers, and if he says it's in my account, yeah, in my yeah, account. you know. Yeah. But so was it anticlimactic at all, or did you just did it? Did you get that feeling that you thought it would feel like? Oh yeah, I mean, it's 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 an amazing feeling. It's amazing. And then, you know, when you're out and about, and people say, um, "Oh, you can afford it. You can this," and you're thinking, "Where do you know that then?" Because you you know. It, you can't just all of a sudden like be so wealthy if you always earn always been earning money and now all of a sudden you don't i mean i went to an auction the other day um what for um it's like a memorability auction we're doing a tv program called the great auction or something so okay. i wanted to stay and I, and I bought uh the pinball wizard machine oh, yeah, in right. um, elton john yeah, you know, yeah. the U. and um why I'm, I'm being all, um, questioned before that, and they said, uh, you know, how much prepared for? I said, well, whatever it costs. So, you know, do you think you get it? No, I will get it. And I said, <laughs> well, how, how yeah. you know just to be in that position. Just, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It doesn't matter. Said, how yeah. do you know that? I said, well, there ain't no one here is going to outbid me. Woo! Yeah. And then, like, we bid some day for some of these Hermes handbag. Yeah. It's, it's all in a program, but, you know, the, the fiance I'm with, and I said, we bought them. And when they rang me up, they said, they're coming up today. Yeah. Um, what you're prepared to pay, Charlie? I said, um, well, we're the owner of them. So I can't believe you said that. I said, well, that's it. And who do you think bought them? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So what was the so what was the first thing you bought? I know you bought your flat on Mill Bank. That was yeah. my which, next which, which, by the way, looks amazing. Oh. I've seen a lot of pictures of it. It looks oh, stunning. Place. It looks stunning. Um, I, I bought that. I bought a couple more villas in Spain. I bought a few more Bentleys and Rolls Royce. Uh, and I, I say this not being cockily, but I've given money to my family. Yeah. Um, and you know we 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 do a, a, a reasonable bit for charities, you know, mm. and and that I could say you know without bragging about it, um, 
you know, it, it's not just me that's benefited from it. And I realised that the more people that benefit from my success, then it makes it more worth it kind yeah. of thing. You know, if I just kept it all to myself and, and you know, I'm, I'm going I'm to feel terrible. I mean, put it like this, with the amount of money that I, I've made for the company and the amount of money and things I've got, um, when I go out of this world, there won't be much left in the bank. That's for sure. Mm. And I'm proud of that, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Okay, that's actually a really interesting point. So on that... Do you believe in leaving your um, money to your kids? If I if I've got money left, yes, I do believe it. Okay. Um, because I, because that's what you work for, you know. Why why would you, you know? Uh, we all know it could send them wrong road, right road, but you know, th- yes, I do believe in doing that. Um, yeah, I do. But okay. but I, I you know I, I gave my children uh, each a lump sum of money so they could buy a good property now. Yeah. And my take is I'd rather them enjoy it and me and me be part of it yeah. when I'm brand free. You know, sense. and they say to me, you know, I'll go to them, look, get your ass done up and if you need more money, oh no, you give us enough. I said, look, but I'd rather give you it now than when I've gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then you can experience it more. But I'm not saying, you know, like people will argue you say, you know, I, I, since uh I'm I'm quite proud of this. I don't I, I haven't really said this out live before, but I was given the money in October. Um and with things that I've done with it and act to do, and you know, before I, I owed a few quid tax and I've got another 20 mil I've got to give them in January for like corporations. Um, but w- without that 20 mil, I've got through 80 million pounds since October. Eight zero? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and I'm pleased with that. Absolutely. You know, yes, but bearing in mind, be. I bought the 10 mil apartment, I yeah, bought yeah. two villas in Spain. My children have all had a lump sum, yeah. um, a few charities many other things. And I've, one time I thought, oh, will I be embarrassed to say to people, Charlie? And I'm thinking, no, I ain't embarrassed about that. Mm. No, I, I've, you know, um, I'm pleased that I've done that. And that's why, you know, look, I, I'm never gonna need to go back to work to earn a pound, no, uh, you know, that's sorted. Um, but, you know, I won't be, you know, I will have enjoyed that money and so yeah. many other people. Absolutely. Well, you should be incredibly proud of what you've achieved and it's like nothing short of remarkable, really. Um, one thing that we like to ask, um, just sort of as we sort of round up, um, we sort of like to ask all of our guests, if you could give someone listening right now a practical piece of advice, one piece of advice, um, whether they're doing something creative or they're a tradesperson starting a business or just a general entrepreneur, what's one thing that you would say? Because as we said before off the air, a lot of podcasts we know focus on things like, you know, uh, hard work, discipline, believe in yourself, etc. But we like to focus on the practical. So if you could have one practical tip, what would that be? Yeah. Um... <clears throat> There is many things, as you know, to, mm. that you can add and depending on what frame of mind you're in. But I'm going to go back to the thing that um, quality of product, quality of service, quality. You know, it st- sticks in my head when somebody says to me, people will always pay for quality. Mm. So I, I, I would say that, you know, whatever you're doing, quality. You know, we're, 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 you know it might be a cheap product, but the way you present it, you know, you've got that quality, you've got, you know, and I keep, all that keeps coming in my mind, people will always pay for quality. Yeah. So I would say, you know, the one thing I would, as a business tip is, you know, make it a quality product, a quality service. Just the word quality, I think, sticks out for me. Amazing. Amazing. This has been an absolutely phenomenal interview. Um, Charlie, just before you go, do you want to let the people know whatever it is that you've uh, that you've got going on at the moment? Anything you want to mention? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've moved the, um, into various different things. So I, I involved with quality, some quality villas in in Spain, which are mainly which I'm building for myself and knocking down and building. And obviously, one or two that I'll move on to to um, to to keep things on that. I'm dealing with a bit of property in, in London that I'm buying. I feel like I've been in property all my life, you know, doing it up. And why am I going to not stick to that kind yeah. of thing? Um, so property is, is my main thing. I'm, I've bought in on Great British Radio, so I'm chairman of that. And um, I see that as a, as a good investment. Um, and, and it's something different. And, you know, I, I've moved in a little bit on the music world of giving um, a few people some, some business advice in music, I know nothing about music, but you know I do know you know the procedure you should follow to make sure people don't have you over. My fiance, she's a singer, just done an album uh, in Nashville, and um, wow, and she's going to be successful. You know, not, not I mean she's a great singer anyhow. She's got the talent, um, and now she's got you know the the a plan to follow. You know, she's got different. She's had a two Bob managers now. She's changed the manager. And all these things on the road, but you, if someone can direct you to say, look, you know, use the right lawyer kind of thing. Um, um, you know, don't be asked with these people kind of thing. They're letting you down. So that type of advice. And within a year, she's gone from singing in Marbella and Dubai um, on a similar circuit to writing an album. Um, she's on the BBC Awards um, in November She's on a shooting star charity in November. She's at the House of Lords uh, early November singing there wow. uh, for something. She, and a manager she's got now is um, Hilary Shaw, which is Girls Aloud manager. Wow. Okay. And I'm thinking in a year, yeah. you know, we've been together a year. We've known each other two years. But within, say, two years of me meeting her, she's gone to that level. Yeah. And, and you know, I can put all my money down. She... she 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 sings this um like fifty sixty style like the Dusty Springfield mm, that image okay, yeah. and a bit of the Amy Winehouse and Anita Franklin and again it's it's going to be successful for her mm. and and the reason it's going to be successful is because it's been pointed out to her you know do it the right way don't 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 do what everybody else does I mean she was on a treadmill when I first met her and I said to her you just got to get off of that and start yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and think having your uh, having your sort of guidance and feedback will be invaluable, obviously. Definitely. Well, well, she says it is. And, and I mean, why is all of a sudden she is where she is? And, and yeah, so always do things the right way and, and quality. Amazing. Charlie Mullins, thank you so much. This thank has you. been an absolutely... It's been a real pleasure. Phenomenal conversation. Um, guys... What a conversation. Um, if you want more, obviously subscribe to the channel, turn on notifications so you never miss a video. We've got plenty more coming with more incredible guests. Uh, you can hit us on social media at TGF Pod. Um, but this has been the Ground Floor Podcast. I've been Oli Rayhart. He's been James Skeeth and Charlie Mullins. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck, chaps or girls, guys with your business. Just keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thanks. See you next time.